This episode of UK Low Carb Podcast is sponsored by Deliciously Guilt Free. Enjoy the show. It's Dan here. Welcome to another episode of UK Low Carb. Now, I wasn't here last week. Uh, I did actually have a Friday off, which I haven't done for a little while, um, but it was my birthday weekend and um, we shot off as a family uh, together uh, for a lovely little weekend away. Went to uh, a really nice little restaurant. Um, in fact, I went to two restaurants. I'll tell you the stories quickly. The first restaurant was on the Saturday evening. Um, and it was absolutely fantastic. It was not expensive. Um, it was like, you know, 20 something pounds for my, you know each person, well, each adult. Kids would eat free. So that's brilliant. And uh, it was a steak restaurant with um, hot stones. And so they'd bring these hot stones to the table. You would then have a plate full of raw steak. And with the tongs, you pick it up, put it on the hot stones, and then serve people at the table freshly cooked meat. Um, and there's no limit. So of course, as you can imagine, they did have a first course of bread rolls and things to fill you up. Um, but then the main course, you know, you just had as much of the steak as you wished and they kept bringing it to the table and it was really lovely meat. Um, and then the kids ate free. So we're just all there cooking our meat. Uh, and then when the stone got a bit cooler, they brought another one out and um, it had flame underneath it. But of course, it did, did lose its temperature after a while. Um, but it's just great. It was a really lovely meal together, just uh, Besma and the kids and, and myself. The second meal uh, was in a much more expensive restaurant the next day, and it wasn't anything special. Um, I had the um, scallops, and I also had uh, mussels. It's a, a seaside-based restaurant, and it went brilliant. You know, it's a little place where the service was, was well, that was poor as well, but they kind of did service in a way that made it seem posh and fancy, but you left kind of feeling a bit hungry and not that you'd really had the best meal. So it makes you realise, I guess, that, you know, you think you can pay for these things, but actually little gems are really special. When you find them, you should go back to them. So we'll go back there one day, I'm sure. Anyway, so it was a lovely birthday weekend, um, but it did mean that, you know, between running Deliciously Guilt Free, my keto bakery and chocolate makers, and uh, making, you know, chocolate, cookies, cakes, dealing with customer service all the different things that are going on in the world right now um, and having a birthday weekend, there just wasn't any time to record a podcast. So I do apologise, but I'm here now. And this is a series I'm doing at the moment. So the previous episode was how to get into ketosis in 2023. And um, I just decided really that I've learned so much the last few years, especially for doing this podcast, and I thought, you know what, I feel now I've got the confidence to talk about my experiences. I want to make this very clear. I'm not an expert. I'm not I'm not trying to talk to you now as um, some sort of medic or scientist. Uh, I'm not a coach in any way. Uh, I'm not a personal trainer or anything like that. Uh, I'm just talking about me and my experiences and the things that I've learned and the way that I deal with situations because... Yeah, you could probably find online very easily, in fact I know you can, very easily you can find how many macros to have a day. You can probably find out based on your lean body mass 
through a certain calculator online, what you should be eating in a day, when to eat, when to sleep. I'm sure you can find out lots and lots of scientific information. But, you know, we're not animals being reared by a farmer in control conditions. We're human beings and we are face ourselves... Uh, sorry, we face as, uh, you know, ourselves, we sometimes face situations where we have to deal with challenges. We have to deal with things that come up we didn't expect. We have to think about our environment. We have to think about our social relationships. We have to think about all these things, social embarrassment. There's lots of different factors that can come up when you're following a keto, low-carb lifestyle. And I think it's important to reflect on those things. And in particular today, I'm going to talk about uh, an author and a doctor that I really uh, admire called Steve Peters, um, who's not somebody who's known in the low-carb keto space, well, not known for being famous in that space, should I say, but is someone who I just find incredible. And I read his book, The Chimp Paradox, a couple of years ago, and when I did, it was just one of those books that really opened up my mind. So I'm going to talk about the concepts in that book. And then I'm going to talk about his latest book, which I'm reading at the moment, A Path Through the Jungle. It only came out around Christmas time, so it's a very new book, um, published, I think, 10, 15 years after the original. So it's a follow-up to Chimp Paradox. And I did actually record in 2021, a recording with uh, Trevor Gidden, uh, Gideon, I think it is, who's um, actually a, a, a psychiatrist who works with Steve Peters, uh, and he's able to explain uh, and break up a bit more some of the ideas, uh, break apart some of the ideas in that book, Chimp Paradox. So you want to go check that out, go and have a look. I think it's September 2021. Okay, so pause the podcast. Just want to quickly jump in to say that my business, deliciouslyguiltfree.com, has a restock every single Friday at 8pm British time. If you go to the website, deliciouslyguiltfree.com, you can see cakes, cookies, wraps, and also chocolate that we make specially so that everyone in the keto, low-carb community can have access to fantastic foods and not feel like they're missing out. We use natural sweeteners as well as things like almond flour to bring down the carb content, but to make sure it has the same flavour. So head to deliciouslyguiltfree.com, especially at 8pm on a Friday, but you can head there any time of the week if you wish to see what we have available and you can get some lovely low-carb keto treats. Right, back to the podcast. The Chimp Paradox book itself uh, is a fantastic book where what Steve has done is make a model to explain how the human brain works. And he broke down the different functions of the brain to kind of different roles. And he said, um, and I'm just going to break them down to the most basic, he said, you have the human part of you, and you also have the part of your brain which is your chimp. Um, there's also the computer as well. And in this book, he talks a lot more about that, the computer and how that works. So what I found fascinating about this book is that when you start applying it to yourself, you can see how there is a chimp element to all of us. There are urges. There are things that we do where we respond very quickly. So for instance, being angry when you're in traffic and someone cuts you up. Uh, that is your chimp responding. Uh, when it comes to things like, um, you know, desire, like for food, for instance, that could be your chimp responding. Your chimp really is there to try to protect you, to try to help you survive. 
it's the most primitive part of every single person because that's the animal part of us, the part that had to survive. Because if you if you just were, you know, if your ancestors were just very logical humans with no chimp element whatsoever, then they probably would have been rationalising should they be moving out of the way of the saber-toothed tiger that's coming to eat them, you know. So the, the chimp is there to defend but also to attack to make sure it can help you survive and to thrive. Now, the human, on the other hand, he describes this is actually who you really are. And actually, your chimp, well, the way he described it, I love this. He said, you can manage your chimp, you can't get rid of it, and uh, you can learn from it as well, but you can manage it. And he said, it's like a dog. If you had a dog that went around biting people, well, that's not actually you biting people, it's the dog. But of course, you have to manage the dog. You can't, that's not an excuse, is it? You can't just let your dog go around biting people and saying, it's not me, it's it's just another animal. You're obviously responsible. And you're also responsible for the chimp part of your, your brain, your personality as well. And there are drives that we face. And some of these drives are good for us. Some of these drives help us to thrive. Some of these drives can trip us up. And it's like, how do we manage this so that the drives can be there in a good, positive way, but then at the same time, we can manage them when they're not? Now, he said, for instance, think about what you want and think about who you are. How would you describe the sort of attributes of who you are? And he said, however you describe those attributes, that's actually who you are. He said, sometimes the chimp gets in the way of that. And so, for instance, if I say trustworthy, that's actually who I am. I want to be a trustworthy person. But sometimes the chimp stops that happening. Or if you want to be empathetic, if you want to be a friendly person, that's actually who you are, because that's what you desire. That's what you are as a human. But sometimes a chimp gets in the way and things don't go in the way that you want them to. So, for instance, uh, I've been doing really well on my low-carb keto journey this year. And uh, we went to the hospital because my little lad, Noah, had an accident and he hurt the end of his finger uh, quite a nasty accident really he virtually cut the whole thing off so we're in the hospital where he was being treated for an operation and um, I went downstairs to the concourse and I thought I'll just go and get a coffee was walking through not didn't have you know like any hunger pangs or anything at all just getting about my going about my day and I smelt the Burger King um, restaurant there and instantly I wanted it and I just, yeah, I just thought, whoa, that that was interesting. Now in the past, I probably just want it and, and probably think, oh, I'll go and get something. I'll just go and get a burger without a bun. But I just thought, isn't that interesting? That's the chimp in me. The animal part of me is just triggered. There's a trigger response there where, you know, the trigger happens, the smell. The response I give it is I'm going to eat that thing. The reward would be, I suppose, the chewing, the tasting and the feeling of being full afterwards. And that was instantly, it just happened. It was just like a response, like habit forming. And I thought, yeah, that's the chimps, that's the drive. So I decided, and this is where you can try to manage your chimp. I thought, right, I now need to think as a human being, what do I want? I don't want to eat that food. There's a part of me that's saying right now, eat it, eat it, eat it. But really, do I want to eat that food? No. The human in me is saying, I don't want to eat it because I want to stay on track. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I'm somehow, you know, a superhuman. There are some things that, of course, like that, sometimes you find yourself eating something you think, I wish I hadn't. You know, move on. Don't don't curse yourself. Don't think that maybe, you know, you're, you're feckless and weak, etc. This is just what the chimp does sometimes. But what does your human want to do? So... 
in this book at the moment then that's the kind of the, the gives you some background some understanding of the chimp paradox but in this book he's he's written um which is really good because it's more of a guide to life it's called a path through the jungle and it's not just understanding how you work but actually how you could try to deal with situations now he describes four things he believes four scenarios and four mindsets as to why we overeat now i think this is interesting because Steve Peters, like I say, is not known in the low-carb keto space. He's worked with athletes, he's worked with sports people in many different areas and many different sports, from darts players to runners to cyclists, etc. Um, he's worked in that way. He's worked with, you know, as a clin- clinician in hospitals with people who are very sick um, and he's, as a psychiatrist. He's done those kinds of jobs. So he's not necessarily known in any regard for nutrition. So I found his insight into the psychology of overeating very interesting. But at the end, I want to just add my own thoughts and my own experiences. So these are the four things he said uh, as to why people would actually be overeating. The first could be uh, a low self-esteem issue. So if someone is eating or overeating, it could be kind of like a comforting um, way to try to treat themselves to feel better. The problem with that is, is the chimp part of your brain that's making you overeat because it is definitely a very um, instinct based thing to do. You know, it's based on these drives of I want to eat to feel better. But equally, the chimp berates the person for that, too and makes them feel bad for when they have a weight issue or whatever and they can have the guilt of why did you eat you're just lazy you're just greedy you're just xyz and so the chimp you know not only makes us overeat it also is the thing that then attacks us for it afterwards and so what he says in that instance is you need to think what is the actual problem the food is the supposed solution to the problem but what is the actual problem underneath and if you address that and if your human's able to reflect on that, then you're able to work through your problem and the food isn't such a, an issue. So that's the first one he said, which I thought was interesting. Number two, and I've talked about this actually with um, the DGF community, Delicity Guilt Free community, uh, my chat group. Sorry, Delicity Guilt Free chat is my Facebook group. Uh, and that's where the community is based. And we basically talk about lots of these things. And I talked about a post once saying you're not a bin. And he said this belief in being a bin, that no food should be wasted, um, that if there's a plate full of food and you've not finished it, then that's a waste, you should finish it all. A lot of us have been raised with that sense of, you know, of ourselves and food. Like food must not be wasted. If you put it in the bin, it's a disaster. So you have to eat it. And um, yeah, he said that is a really damaging belief that you believe you're a bin. If that's the case, then you're going to overeat. If you stop eating because you're full and then someone says, no, you must eat more. Well, you're treating yourself like a bin, aren't you, to get rid of the food? And he said, you've got to change the mindset that actually food isn't there to be disposed of in your body, but rather you're there to nourish yourself. And so your human has to step back and realise that and realise that food is that's left out, that's going to go off soon. You don't have to eat it just to get rid of it. Maybe give it to somebody who's hungry. You know, do whatever you like with it, but you don't have to eat it yourself to discard of it. Okay, that's number two. Number three, he describes this as pleasure eating. So pleasure eating is different to the first example, low self-esteem. This is a dopamine release, which is to do, of course, with hormonal responses in your body. 
And it's this kind of habit that's formed where you get a trigger action reward. Just like I was saying uh, about the Burger King, um, I'm probably a pleasure eater more than any of these, I'd, I'd say. I'm probably a, a, bit, a bit of a bin thinker as well. So for me in Burger King, it was definitely a case of the trigger was the smell. That just literally in my head, something clicked like, you need to eat that now. The action would be eating it, and then the reward would be the feeling of being full of the actual food uh, in my mouth, of chewing, the texture, the taste, uh, all those things, the smell, that's the kind of pleasure eating. Um, and actually, he said, you know, that's very habit-forming. Just like any substance abuse, um, you can enjoy a substance, like food is an example of that, but it can become a problem because, of course, you associate pleasure with that thing, and then maybe that is the kind of habit you get into of pressing the button for pleasure all the time and that's why you then carry on eating so that's his number three so pleasure eating so we've got so far low self-esteem belief in being a bin pleasure eating and finally and i didn't i didn't really agree with this one as much but then i'm not qualified in this i'm just saying i haven't come across this as much but maybe it's just kind of me but he talked about the grazers who are continual eaters who pick and prod food now, I don't really know how that's a psychological state. That sounds more like a habit to do with pleasure eating or low self-esteem. But he seems to think that there are grazers who just are always picking food. And actually, you need to kind of tell yourself not to eat all the time. Now, I think those those explanations go so far. But the thing I think is is really relevant to this podcast now is that actually processed food... Food that has been, you know, made in a factory with artificial ingredients, foods that have been made maybe to be addictive, they've actually had chemicals put in them to preserve their life, chemicals put in there to enhance flavour, there's been certainly increase in sugar uh, in those foods as well as salt to try and get the bliss point in your brains. All those things are going to process food, plus carbohydrates generally with fat that's the deadly combination right a pizza is amazing eating just bread without butter isn't that great eating bread with butter is flipping amazing right so those kinds of carbs plus processed foods i think have a different impact on your brain so for instance the low self-esteem eating i can pretty confidently say in my experience of life i've never seen anyone who will make themselves feel better by eating meat. We, you know, Many of us enjoy eating meat. I include myself in that too. We will eat chicken and really love it. And maybe that'll be part of pleasure eating. But you get to a point where you stop. You get to a point where it doesn't make you feel better. You just feel very full. Whereas a big bowl of pasta or some bread, nicely toasted with butter on, or popcorn, these kinds of food for many of us, can be seen as something we eat to make us feel better, or maybe because of pleasure eating, we get some dopamine release. And I really think that, not saying for everyone, but for many of us, that carbohydrate hit can be the thing that's actually driving us. And I I find this in my life. Now, I just want to state here for the record, I don't say that low-carbon keto is right for everyone. I don't know that. I'd be pretty arrogant if I said so. But I think it's right for many people. And I also think it's only right that each individual find what's best for them. But I think there's a lot of people who can relate to what I'm going to say. They feel the certain foods are the issue 
for them rather than food itself. So low self-esteem, I can imagine people turning towards sugar, for instance. And as we know, sugar can be a very addictive substance for many people. Or for instance, pleasure eating, you know, there is a bliss point where certain foods will make our brains sing for joy because it's got enough sugar and salt in it and fat. And if you're eating those foods, they're much more likely going to be for pleasure eating than they are because of nutrition and, and keeping our bodies going. Whereas if you if you just ate broccoli, I don't think people are pleasure eating eating broccoli or eating broccoli for their low self-esteem. It just doesn't happen. So I think his ideas are great and they're fantastic. But actually, it's what is the food? And this is now what I think I'm going to reflect on for me, is that if we think to ourselves for a moment that as human beings we make choices, like the, the 31st of December choices are very human. I want to weigh a certain amount within a certain amount of time. I want to lose body fat. I want to be, you know, in a certain size outfit for that wedding. I want to be healthier and play with my children, uh, you know, football in the summer. I want a beach body, whatever it might be. They're very human desires. But the chimp gets in the way. And I think you've got to realise that is going to happen. And how do you manage that chimp? Now, if you are one of those four different types of category of overeating, I think the key thing there is what environment do you find yourself in? And how is it in that environment you manage the situation so you're not tempted by those foods? Because you can be going along absolutely fine and the human is saying this is going really well, we're, you know, we're doing exactly, we're following the keto lifestyle or whatever it is you want to do. And then just that moment you might find yourself eating the thing that you just thought you never even desired because the chimp has suddenly gone, we'll have that, and it's just happened. But if you control your environment where you're not in that situation, suddenly it's a different ball game and it's easier. And I think that's the thing that I've reflected on. Now, I know it's easier said than done for some of us than others. If you're in a house share with some people or you know, you have other adults living with you and they're buying food separately and they do eat carbs, that's really hard. So it doesn't have to just be your house has to be completely barren of, of carbohydrate. It might be that, you know, you just don't go to a certain part of the kitchen where there's a cupboard and that cupboard has got things that you don't eat in it. And you might just say to your um, other people you live with, actually, if you're going to keep biscuits and chocolates, could you keep them in that cupboard out of the way from me? Because I don't want you to come across them face to face. Or it could be that perhaps, um, you know, you say, well, actually, I don't really want to eat these things. So let me know. And I, I won't be as around when you're eating them. Now, I think there's another thing I want to talk about this next week. And that's the social embarrassment and the social sort of stigma that can go with eating this way. It's way worse in your imagination than it is natural reality. And people don't think anything I don't think of you and your food choices uh, as much as you might think it. But I think it's important to reflect on and to think that actually it's okay. And if you're someone who has an issue with carbohydrate, with sugar, with um, processed food, and it's something that's triggering for you, then it's actually okay to say, I don't eat that, whatever it is. Anyway, we'll talk about that next time. But that's my reflections today, that get your environment into a place that you're happy with what you're eating. That's me done for today. Uh, I wish you a very happy weekend. Uh, they're just my thoughts. And uh, I'll be next back next week to talk about social stigma. Take care and have a great weekend.